Welcome to Movies, Movies, Movies on Mornings with Bridie Tanner. <laughs> That's right. We are ready to talk about all things film, cinema, movies. I will just let you know, you just heard from Showerhead Life Interlude and Okenyu, Eyes to the Sky Before It. Now, welcome to Film Lord Andre Shannon. Bonjour. Hey. And hello, Michael's son, our guest Film Lord today. Good morning. Now, you might recognise that voice from Weekends Mm -hmm. on FBI 94.5. You are a bit of a Film Lord yourself, aren't you? I am indeed. I, you know, I, I'm very honoured to have been asked on this show that I've been a fan of for a very long time. So thank you, Andre. Oh my gosh, uh, <laughs> your honesty blows me away. <laughs> <laughs> have you two ever sat down and watched a movie together? No, we haven't, and thank God, because we would have too many fights. (laughs) I feel like I am someone who is actually the most annoying movie talker, so I don't know what your thoughts are on that, Andre, but I definitely think that if you hate that kind of person... Michael, I'm a movie texter, so I feel like you and I could really just meet eye to eye and jam. No, but I really hate a movie texter. Okay, Okay, bye. Me and Andre are never watching a movie together, confirmed. So we have a movie texter and a movie talker here for Mm. Movies, Movies, Movies today. Let's get stuck into what's been happening. Movie news. It's there. The gorillas. So good. <laughs> are in the news because one of the sons of the band members or the or the group. Uh, members have yeah. What do you call them? Group a video group? game, uh, like a PSP game. Who knows? Anyway, yeah. the Gorillas. We all know the Gorillas. Gorillas Project is turning into a documentary called Reject False Icons, which will screen worldwide for one night only on Monday, December sixteenth. That could almost be like a concert experience. You know, you get one night to go see it, you get to experience it. It was directed by Denham Hewlett, and I guess this news is important to me because I feel like we're entering an age of. You know, gender non-binary award shows, CGI, AI, um, cartoon characters in movies, you know, two-part holograms, playing people, actors, not being real people. And I'm wondering, are gorillas going to finally move into acting and are we going to see gorillas starring in movies or, you know, just having lead performances by cartoons? Or is that just a cartoon? Who knows, y'all? But you know what I mean? They're like, gorillas were the first virtual band. Mm. Can we start seeing virtual actors now? Please. Please, discuss. So... Uh, when you say this is screening on December 16th, one night only, a worldwide screening, where is it going to be playing? It's a very good question. It's definitely going to go off in the UK. I don't know if they've actually announced a screening location. So like just very the cinemas? Very cinemas, yeah. I think we're, we're talking about kind of a Jesus is King Kanye situation where there's going to be one main cinema, potentially an IMAX, where they're going to do a huge unveiling of this film. But honestly, knowing films these days is probably going to end up on Netflix and people are going to just like binge it straight away afterwards. I wonder, so going back to your point about, you know, the fact that they're a cartoon, how is this documentary going to work? Is it going to feature... That's that's what I love about it. I feel like there's going to be so many layers of false falsity and truth because it's obviously all going to be constructed. No, it's mostly behind the scenes footage of like the creative process, but 
obviously going to be... That is so disappointing. I was hoping really? for a Who Framed Roger Rabbit kind of situation. Where they animate people into, like, a real-life action. Exactly. Mm. Like, where Damon Albarn doesn't appear at all. It's just it's just those gorillas. I think it's going to be both. I think it's going to be interacting with gorillas. But anyway, you know what? We just have to wait till December to yeah. find out. <laughs> but I vote for that idea, too. Mm. Okay, Michael, tell us about Paris is Burning. It's been on my to-watch uh, movies Literally everyone's list for so long. It's... Uh, what what is it about, and why are fans getting excited? Well, first of all, you gotta watch it. Like, take it off your take it off your to watch list and put it on your watch list. <laughs> um, but you are, are in luck because there's actually never before seen footage from the movie, which is being released. Obviously, it's a documentary that captures the '80s Harlem ballroom scene, um, and it's all about the voguing houses that existed at that time. Um, it was actually released in 1990 originally, um, and it's since become a cult classic. That's basically become synonymous with the drag ball scene and, of course, iconic to queer history. Um, but we, we, we just had Pose this year and last year, which was truly inspired by Paris is Burning. That's a huge mm. TV show on, Nef- on FX, not Netflix. Yeah, definitely. And we also had that movie Kiki um, a couple years ago, which was also almost a follow-on of Paris is Burning. So we're really re- seeing this revival of that kind of culture It's here. basically the most important documentary ever made about or the most popular and most known documentary about the Vogue scene in the 80s and 90s. So what is this extra never-before-seen footage going to include of Paris is Burning? Well, who knows, but it's going to be Criterion Collection, which is a very famous distribution company that makes these beautiful, pristine, like, art house copies Mm. of DVDs, and they do a really good job of restoring the projections, adding extra footage, interviews with the filmmakers, little booklets with essays and stuff. I think it's going to be lit. Yeah, and I think there's actually going to be an an interview with um, members from the original Borg community as well, um, who both, who featured in the original film. Um, So it's going to be very interesting to see the legacy of that voguing culture and how it's carried through to modern day as well. That was Movie News. Coming up next is two reviews, and we're looking at more documentaries. Do- documentary Bonanza today. Fully, fully. Nasty Cherry, which is a band formed under Charlie XCX's label, and How to Be Mark Ronson coming up in two reviews. You're with Michael Sun and Andre Shannon, your film lords for today. My name's Bridie. One. No, no, no. Two reviews. Two reviews. Give me more reviews. Two reviews. Two reviews. Two reviews. Two reviews. Okay, Film Lord Ange, do you want to go first with your review of How to Be Mark Ronson? I do. Let's just rip the band-aid off. It's How to Be Mark Ronson. Mark Ronson is... He's probably a bit shy. He's like a film nerd, but he's the coolest guy there is. He's a rock star. He's a rap band, record producer, songwriter. He's an Academy Award winner. One of the greatest musicians and producers of our time. That's Mark Ronson. I totally didn't remember the end was coming, so I'm just like, waka tuka waka yeah! Waka Wow, he's a oh. rock band and a rapper. He's a bit of everything. <laughs> Michael, could you recognise Bradley Cooper's voice in that? In that I little segment? actually could not, but I did recognise Miss Lady Gaga's voice. Miss Gaga. Obviously. Okay, folks. Okay, so I basically wrote the book on how to shoot on documentaries, so here we go. Watching How to Be Mark Ronson, which is a YouTube docker about mega producer Mark Ronson, made me wonder, is it a mistake to use a documentary as a front for your boring personality? Because Mark Ronson, in essence, I mean, he's not larger than life. He's pretty dull, he's pretty monotonous, he's a very slow talker and very deep thinker, but not a personality. And I think that being a producer means that you get to surround yourself with like amazing, flamboyant, creative folk like... Lily Allen, Amy Winehouse, Lady Gaga, all these prodigious creatives who are attached to Mark Ronson. 
Uh, so this is just, you know, a dull, I would say, monotonous kind of take on Mark's life, but it's kind of for the people. I mean, it's on YouTube, it's available to anyone. And it kind of feels like what happens when you don't get offered one of those, you know, those masterclass gigs where it's like Werner Herzog, like oh teaching your filmmaking, uh, you know, or my personal favourite, which is, okay, it hasn't been made yet, but it would be Beth Ditto's How to Be an Indie Actress. It's just a, a how-to on How to Be Mark Ronson, as the title states. And one thing that Mark and Charlie both have in common, which is what we're going to talk about later, which is the next thing we're going to review, is that... They're both amazing behind-the-scenes producers who want to be other artists, and in both cases, they want to be rappers. And I think as a result, they surround themselves with these, you know, people from the hip-hop community that seem, that make them look cool, cheerleader effect, but in essence, when you really boil down to, like, Charlie and Mark, they're just these kind of dull nobodies. It was also fake big budget, you know? It's just like, it has no personality, no perspective, felt a bit Triple J... Michael, chime in here. My favourite thing um, about the documentary is that I was actually scrolling through the comments, um, as you do, on the YouTube length documentary, and one of the comments said, I've watched this entire thing and I still have no idea who Mark Ronson is, (laughs) which is so true. It's like the entire documentary takes this very elliptical view, interviewing basically everyone tangentially connected to him, and they they all say things like, Mark Ronson is a genius. Mark Ronson, you know, like knows everything about the world and music industry. But then you actually get clips from him while he's talking to the camera um, and he's very much like not a personality as you he said. He isn't. He's, he's not as, he's just not the artist that someone like Lady Gaga or mm. Amy Winehouse or just any other person interviewed in this which, is. Which, like, which is fine, but then don't make a documentary about yourself. Why do that? Honestly, why do that? Wait, okay. did Mark Ronson make this documentary? Look, I don't know I don't know what kind of branding is happening here, but it's on his YouTube channel, so that's the impression oh. that you can get. But my question to you, Michael, before we end, is mm. dream Mark Ronson collaboration. Because the whole time I was watching it, I was like, where is Beth Ditto and where is Azalea Banks? My- Two people who need to work with Mark. <laughs> my dream collaboration is Mark Ronson and Charlie XCX. I'm oh, not even gross. lying. Okay, right. cancel that. <laughs> well, that brings us to our next review. Before we get there, How to Be Mark Ronson. It's a YouTube documentary. What would you give it in a word? Mm, in a word, Triple J. Michael? I was going to say vanilla, but you know what? Uh, Perhaps that is one and the same. (laughs) (laughs) Michael, son, you are going to be reviewing I'm With The Band, a Nasty Cherry Netflix doco series. Mm. So not a movie, but a a series of... of, uh, Episodes. Episodes, if you will. (laughs) Let's take a listen to the trailer. You want to teach me something? This hand on here. I'm Charlie XCX. I'd like you to meet Nasty Cherry. I wish when I was 14, there was a band like Nasty Cherry, unashamedly real and also badass. You ladies are pretty mysterious. I love the way that you guys came out on Instagram. Okay, I'm with the band, the Nasty Cherry docu-series on Netflix. Michael Sun, take away your review. So, I think this is a show that kind of has everything going for it for me personally. When I saw this show, I was like, look, I really don't know whether this deserves to exist, but I'm still going to watch it because it's Charlie XCX. She's on Mother Flippin' Netflix. She's a hustler. Um, and, she's, and she's had, like, the most massive year, especially after the drop of, of her album, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But the entire show, to me, much like the Mark Ronson doc- documentary, feels so manufactured in a way that 
almost isn't Charlie X's brand. Because I think Charlie very much brands herself as this very authentic character. She's rude. She's self-aggrandizing. She shows her flaws, blah, blah, blah. Um, But in this documentary, what we see is like this cherry picking, if you will, of four very cool women from LA, from the UK, um, who are very lovable, but she kind of just puts them together in this band and then she's like, now go for it, make it work. Um, And obviously, because it's a Netflix show, it's going to (laughs) work. And because it's Charlie XCX, it's going to work. But in no other situation would this actually work, right? So the entire thing has this very interesting tension between wanting to be very raw and very badass, but actually coming off as very corporately produced. Mm. Yeah, Um, I think the term you're looking for is fake and gay. Sorry? Fake and gay. (laughs) Exactly. Well, you know, people can sense inauthenticity from a mile away. Mm, Totally. And I don't know if Nasty Cherry as a band have earned enough merit musically to have this documentary series made about them. And also, I feel like in 2019, everyone is so media literate that it's... that. Reality TV is so transparent and no one's falling for it anymore. And the only reason shows like The Kardashians exist is because we know so much about them, we're used to them. But to introduce a new reality TV show, it's like, no, we can see all the tricks you're playing. You're not fooling anyone here. This is all just mm. bubblegum manufacturing. So is anyone going to like a band like Nasty Cherry? Just They're not because- that big, which is actually crazy to me. Like, I don't know if it actually did work. Charlie's always talking about, like, <laughs> we've got to make this work. We've got to show the world that women can just rise together and not have any experience and make a huge pop band. And it's like, yeah, but, like... If they're, if they're not good and they're not big, then did, is that a success story? Yeah, and we Look, know women can hmm. play instruments. It's not... But that's the thing, that people in this band aren't actually musically experienced. Some of them are, actually, that's unfair. What, what a train wreck. Look, <laughs> I, my thing about this Netflix series is that there isn't much exploration of the creativity behind making music. It's mostly just them being like, holy shit, we got a week to like pull Charlie's band together. And there's not much uh, backstory into why they do what they do and what makes them interesting artists, which is what I wanted. Well, I think there's no real creativity shown in the show because, I mean, the implication for me was Because they're not creative. Exactly, that there wasn't that much creativity going on because it was so, like, haphazardly put together that there was no way they could have instantly formed that creative compatibility with each other. Um, But speaking of which, a lot of times in the show they talk about trying to find their sound, but as we know, very recently Sky Ferreira actually came out um, and called them out for basically plagiarising her sound. Fully, fully. There is a band member who looks just like Sky Ferreira, and that was mm. the best part of the show, was that one person looks like Sky Ferreira. <laughs> and I wrote the book on Sky Ferreira, so I can smell a fraud. Okay, let's talk about I Am With The Band, Nasty Cherry. What would you give it in a word? Mm. In a word, Beth Ditto. Where is Beth Ditto? In Where's a word, the- Sky Ferreira wannabe. Mm. <laughs> that's three okay. words, but you know. No, that's okay. We allow that. All right, this is Movies, Movies, Movies. Your morning's FBI 94.5. And up next, we've got a special guest, Selena. Miles, documentary maker. We also have two double passes to give away to her new film, Martha, A Picture Story. We're going to be talking about that, having a chat to Selena and giving those tickets away right after this one. What's happening? Sydney Spotlight. Right now joining me, Onge, and special guest film lord Michael Sun is the director of the Sydney Film Festival um, Audience Award <laughs> documentary, Selena Miles. Welcome to FBI. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Now, your documentary is about Martha Cooper. It's called um, Martha, A Picture Story. Can you tell us about who Martha Cooper is, how you first got interested in her work and, and went on to make this documentary? 
Sure. So Martha Cooper is a photographer from New York, and she's best known around the world for her work uh, on a book called Subway Art, which was published in the 1980s, along with Henry Chalfont, which was, I mean, to, the, to, to this day is recognized as the Bible of graffiti. Uh, and I've been interested in graffiti for about 10 years. How did you get interested in graffiti? Just growing up in Brisbane, just had friends that were into it. There wasn't yeah. much else to do in Brisbane. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I never did it, but I had a lot of friends growing up that were into it and I started documenting them. That's how I learned about film, actually. So so the, what, what do you think it is about uh, graffiti that draws you in? Oh, uh, I mean, for me personally, it's just such a dynamic, interesting thing to document. Uh, you know, it's it's quick and it's, it's, it's ephemeral. So, you know, you've got to document it or it disappears. It's also afforded me a lot of opportunities to travel and meet people, so that's my personal interest. Selena, I want to ask, how do you make a documentary about someone that you're inspired by or impressed by? Is that something that makes you feel embarrassed or daunting, or mm. what's the relationship like? Uh, I got really lucky because I was working with Martha Cooper for about two years at a street art festival in Tahiti, of all places. Uh, so we really developed a working relationship first, so that was a really good way to sort of access her but yeah it is it was it was like asking someone out on a date it was very weird mm. what was her response when you asked her to make the film surprisingly she's well I didn't ask to make a film I asked to make a 10 minute piece and it kind of escalated over the process so that's probably why she said yes mm. uh but yeah it was like it was it was in a big group of people at dinner I didn't mean to ask them but it kind of came out and and luckily she said yes because it would have been pretty embarrassing if she'd said no well, I kind of want to talk about um, Martha a bit more. Yeah. Why do you think Martha Cooper has become so iconic in this world of street art and documenting it? I think that the the time before the internet, it was books like Subway Art that um, really preserved this sort of cultural phenomenon that was happening in New York. Without this book, we wouldn't ever have been able to see the work of all these artists, people like... Um, Dondi, you know, who's still like a household name in graffiti or Blade or Lee or, um, you know, these these artists that that were looked at as being vandals, but now sort of we recognise their contribution to culture. So um, Martha saw something in that and documented it when everybody else said it was total nonsense. Mm. Well, huge congratulations on taking out the Audience Award at the Sydney Film Festival. Now, this film is coming back to cinemas I think at the end of this week, is it? In a few days' time? Thursday. 20, this Thursday. Oh, is it 24th yeah. or what, what's the date today? Today's the 25th. <laughs> this Thursday. So soon. <laughs> okay, Selena, I also wanted to ask real quick, filthiest graffiti that you've ever seen, ready, set, go. <laughs> uh, this is a pretty easy one. Three words. I encourage everyone to go check out Good Guy Boris. Just, good just, Guy Boris. Just check out Good Guy Boris. Uh, I mean, he, he needs no introduction. He's a, a force of nature. Go check out his work. He's amazing. All right, and if you want to win a double pass to Martha, a picture story, we're giving it away too, so you can take a mate along for free and go and check out this documentary by Selena Miles, our guest of Sydney Spotlight today. All you have to do is give us a call right now on 833-22999 with your supporter details at the ready, and you could be heading along to a screening at a cinema of your choice. Thanks so much, Selena, for coming in. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. Michael Sun, our guest film ward. Thank you, and we'll catch you next Monday, Andre. Bye-bye. Here's the song. Oh, we have a song from Arthur Russell, actually. Your That's pick, right. Ange. Yeah, resident, uh, other resident film lord, Alex Tanazefti, recommended this song by Arthur Russell, which is the, and the name of which I have forgotten. And I'm also worried that there might be a really obscure Arthur Russell. But uh, <laughs> anyway, let's go. go for it. It's You Did It Yourself by Arthur Russell. On FBI 94.5.
podcast is produced by FBI Radio in Sydney. Find more at fbiradio.com slash podcasts.